Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. We'll give you an update on Shohei Otani and his future with the Angels. That'll be a little bit later on. What's it take to be a backup quarterback in the NFL? We're going to find out. Chase Daniel has made a career out of it. Chase will join us coming up a little bit later on as well. No updates on Bronny James uh, as of 9 o'clock Eastern this morning. And uh, if you look at what happened 20 hours after he collapsed at USC, went to the hospital unconscious, was in ICU, no information came out. And I know people have looked at this two different ways. No information. What's that mean? Well, we got to respect him being, he's 18 years of age. I mean, he's still, uh, you know, a, a citizen. I mean, he shouldn't be treated any differently than anybody else with information that comes out. Now, will information come out? I guess you'll have sources or somebody will say something to somebody, but you know, he still has his rights and I'm glad that there's no information. I don't view that as a negative other than he's out of ICU, but he's in stable condition. It's still a little surreal. On that campus, and you go to the hospital in an ambulance, a 911 call, and nobody found out about it. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm very respectful to those people. They did their job, and we're taking care of Bronny James. Because in the moment, unconscious, in ICU, and now in stable condition. But uh, no updates on him, but I know people want to already move this forward. Can he play basketball? That'd be the least of my worries. If he's my son, I just want to make sure, are you okay? Are you going to be able to be healthy? Um, And then what kind of tests do you have? You know, athletes now, whether it's the school, because they're liable, that you want to make sure that you are as healthy as possible, that you find out everything you need to know. I go back to Pete Maravich, one of my idols. He died at 40 on the basketball court. Nobody knew that he had a heart condition. Now, with the you know, medical field, uh, you know, now you have your own doctors. You, you have a lot of this that's available to you that there are preventative measures that you can take. That's probably what surprised me more than anything. At 18, you're LeBron's son, and you're getting ready to go to college, those thorough physicals that you have to take, uh, stress test, all of those things. How did that sort of fall through? I understand DeMar Hamlin because that's a freak accident that happened. But even then, when I'm watching DeMar Hamlin with the Bills game against the Bengals, it's still surreal because you're watching, you're going, wait a minute, he didn't get hit that hard. Wait, is is he trying to draw a penalty? My first thought was when I saw it was, is he trying to kind of enhance the, hey, did you see what he did? He led with his helmet. 
And then you realize all you have to do is watch the body language of his teammates and the Bengals. And then you realize how serious it was. But this happened at USC at the Galen Center. And then a 911 call. And then you're going to the hospital with the sirens going. The lights are going. And he's going to the hospital. So uh, no updates. And uh, hopefully that's a good thing for everybody in this situation. J- uh, Jalen Brown got paid five years, $304 million. Justin Herbert got paid five years, $262 million. Highest paid NBA contract in history, the highest paid NFL contract in history, all on the same day. And the first thing I thought when I saw that Justin Herbert's getting five years for $260 million, I said, Joe Burrow, come on down. What do you want, Joe? He knows that that's the minimum right now. That's the starting point because he's more accomplished. He's been to a Super Bowl. And, but they're the Bengals. It's always tricky with the Bengals. <laughs> always, always. It's not one of those where you go, well, okay, yeah, yeah, you got to pay him that. I mean, you do have to pay him that. And the good news for the Bengals is, in my opinion, you are going to spend that money and you know he's worth it. Like, if I'm a Cowboys fan and you paid Dak Prescott, I don't know if he's worth that. Or the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. That's, that's where you're in quarterback purgatory. The Giants with Danny Dimes where you go, God, do we have to pay him? You know, the Chargers are like, ah, we got to pay him. Yeah, I agree. I want to pay Joe Burrow. And I also thought at the time... When Patrick Mahomes signed that deal, and I came in that next day and I said, Chiefs got a a bargain. They got a bargain. It's like when Bryce Harper signed with Philadelphia. I said, Philly got a bargain. In the moment, you're going, oh, my God, they're paying him a half a million dollars, or half a billion dollars. I go, yeah, and he'll be a bargain. It didn't take long for him to become a bargain. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow will be a bargain in a couple of years. Now, if I'm an Eagles fan and I had to pay that money to Jalen Hurts, I'd like to have waited one more year, just like I said to the Cardinals. Wait another year with Kyler Murray. Oh, he's going to sit out? Let him sit out. Because now you're dealing with five years with that kind of money, and that changes your franchise here. But having a quarterback you know is worth it, boy, that's a relief. It's when you're going, i got to pay this. Like the Celtics, Jalen Brown. Good player. He's been all NBA, not even first team, once. He's the highest paid player in the game. I don't want to have two guys who do the same thing. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it doesn't make sense to me. And I know I've been told uh, you know, by people, uh, you got to pay him. You got to keep him. No, you don't. You don't have to. I wouldn't have. I would have tried to work something out there. But now I still have two guys who, all right, you can get me 27 a night. And, uh, you know, you can shoot the three. Neither can handle the ball. Like, it's weird to have, a, a, you know, a contract where you go, uh, yeah, going to pay him this. You know, but he's got to work on some things. You would think when you get to that point where, like Jokic. I mean, Jokic signed for, what, $30 million less than Jalen Brown. I don't know if he needs to work on anything. Jalen Brown, you know, he's got to work on his handle. No kidding. So you got a guy who was not good in the playoffs, and everybody's getting you 20, at least 20 points a night. That's not a big deal anymore. If you don't have, get 20, you're not, a very, you're not a scorer. So Jalen Brown will give you points and rebounds and assists, and that's all wonderful. I just don't want a team that feels like they're built for the regular season. I want a team that knows when we get to the playoffs – now you, you're going to have your hands full. And, you know, they traded away Marcus Smart. You got Kristaps Porzingis. So I got another real tall perimeter guy. <laughs> okay. We lead the league in perimeter guys. I just don't know if, if they're the team to beat or they're that much more formidable. Wonderful talent, but I don't want the same player. And that's what I have with Tatum and Brown. Yes, Marv. And Jalen Brown had an opportunity to step up in Game 7 when Tatum got hurt, and he disappeared completely. But here are the Celtics banging on the doors for a title the last couple of years, and they remain aggressive. You got Porzingis. Um, 
you know, Brown has been valuable, shot over 49% from the floor, averaged 26 per game. So you got Tatum and Porzingis. Um, it just feels clunky. Maybe that's the right word. But, uh, you know, Brown in the postseason averaging 18 points in 105 playoff games. (laughs) I know he's only 26. That's what they keep telling me about Jason Tatum. And I say, he's got to learn how to handle the ball in traffic. He's he's the Hall of Very Good. Absolutely. But you get to the postseason. Your flaws come out. They're exacerbated. I, I would have looked at changing the complexion of my team. If I've got Porzingis, do I need Jalen Brown? And at that price, too. Yes, Mark. Would you have tried Jalen Brown for Dame Lillard? Yes. Like, if your goal is to win a title, then look at it, you know, these ne- Porzingis is there for two more years, so you're looking at a two-year window here. It, it goes back to everybody talking about Shohei Otani. And you're going... Well, what are the Angels going to do? Team's going to trade for him. Now, let's factor in a couple of things here. And it's wishful reporting. I'm guilty of it. Where you go, man, it'd be great if he got traded, or at least the possibility got traded. Well, are the Angels, who are on the periphery of a wild card spot, going to trade Otani to a team, and then they're going to get prospects? Therefore, they're not going to be competitive to try to make the playoffs this year. And you have Mike Trout, so they're not rebuilding. You got a GM who I think is in the last year of his contract, maybe has one more year left. Is he going to be like, yeah, let's let's blow this? You can't blow it up with Mike Trout. If you're a team that would be interested in Shohei Otani, are you going to go? Here's our farm system, and you don't even know if he's going to resign. Or, hey, why don't we just wait until he's a free agent? then we don't have to give up anybody. So if you factor in logic, which we don't like to do in the media, then you go, is Shohei Otani going to be traded? And and if you're going to pull off a trade, is he going to re-sign with Baltimore or Arizona, Seattle, San Francisco, the Dodgers? I don't know. It feels like his agent wants to go to free agency. Why would I give up everything? For a guy who still wants to go to free agency. We're, it's wishful. It, go back to Odell Beckham Jr. the third. It was wishful reporting. Oh, my God, the Cowboys. The Cowboys. He's going to go to the Cowboys. If he goes to the Cowboys, and I know I keep banging the drum on this, I was the lone person in the media who said, can he even play? And that's when Odell Beckham responded to the show by calling me an outsider. Yeah, I'm a buzzkill because I wanted to know if he could play. And it turned out he couldn't play. But we wanted him to play. And we wanted him to play for the Cowboys. Do we want Otani to be traded? We want him in a Dodger uniform. We want him with the Yankees. Okay. Just apply logic to this. And if you apply logic to this, I don't see him moving. I just don't. 877-3DP-SHOW. I'm not ready to retire. I'm fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I came in today. Todd goes, are you still retiring? I go, stop. I'd like to check in with you. I know. Can we wait like a couple of years? I guess. Yeah. I'll still check in with you weekly at least. Yeah. And then I got some blowback that I screwed it up because I should have said that I signed a contract extension and that'll be my last contract. I said I'm retiring in four and a half years. And and then I said I had a contract. That's more original. Yeah. Felt like I got more headlines that you way. You got two days out of yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I milked it a little bit there. That's all right. You yeah. know what? You've earned the you. uh, right to milk it if you want, Dan. If you want, <laughs> as someone said, if you want to do a uh, four-and-a-half-year retirement tour, you go right ahead. You've earned it. Thank you, Seed. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right, poll question today. What do we have? What do we have, Dan? That is a great question. By the way, Ooh. by the way, this hour is brought to you by Keeper's Heart. It's the new and unique style of whiskey that combines the best of Irish and American whiskeys, creating the smooth character of Irish whiskey and the bold flavors of American whiskeys. If you're a whiskey fan, why do I always feel like I morph into an Irish accent? You're a whiskey fan. Yes, if you're a whiskey fan, drink responsibly. Yeah, I, I, it's Keeper's Heart. They're uh, sponsoring our trip to Dublin. 
Seton's got a good. That's great. You got a good Irish accent. I don't know that I do. Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what? It's it's a funny Irish accent. You know what it is? It's an impression of a play by play guy, a soccer play by play guy that I think is like hilarious. Um, and for some reason, I'm blanking on his name right now. Is he Irish? But he he could be Scottish. <laughs> okay. But anyway, he he does he has this voice and he has this way of speaking in this way with words where he uh, <laughs> he just says the most hilarious things. Like he'll be. He sort of does everything like this. He's smoother than the back of a spoon. You're like, this is great. <laughs> that sounds like something Stuart Scott would have said on SportsCenter. He's got a very, uh, like, UK Stuart Scottish He's kind of thing. smoother than the other side of a spoon. <laughs> Booyah. Now, your accent, though, is... How's it going to be when we go to Dublin? Nonstop. Oh no, then that's not. Gonna I'm going to. My voice will probably be You'll gone be by Wednesday night. <laughs> just, just so you know. Yeah. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dpdanpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. <laughs> Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Thank you, our streaming partner and our radio affiliates around the country. Those chatting on chat row. Operator Tyler is standing by to take your phone calls. Paulie, you look poised, ready to say something. Well, I, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes' contract and what a deal it was. Yeah. He's going to make $40 million this year. <laughs> he will not be, I don't think, a, even a top five paid quarterback this upcoming season. The next few years, Patrick Mahomes will make $40 million, $38 million, $42 million, $42 million, And then the big one, 60. it jumps up to $60 million, yeah. which I'm sure they're going to restructure before they get there. If you're Mahomes, do you stand pat? Or do you say, over the next five years, I'm making... Thirty million less than Justin Herbert, mm. or do you just sit back and let them come to you and say, "Hey, let's write this wrong"? Well, he did say recently, maybe yesterday. Uh, it's not about the money, you know. It's about winning titles, being a dynasty. He's gotten paid, um, and he's won. But I, I, the only thing I would say to him is, or I would ask if I were Patrick Mahomes, how can we structure this that we don't lose people? Or that we can gain, we can add people. Because that's where your dynasty will go away. If you can keep everybody intact, then you have a chance for something really special here. But if you get selfish, and maybe that's not even fair to say selfish, but if you, if you go full boat, then that could hamper what your team is able to do. And that would be the one question I would want to know. What are we doing with the money? Can I have any say in what we do with the money? Who we keep, you know, whatever you know his relationship is, but it seems like it's a, a you know pretty cordial relationship there. Yeah, Paul. His cap hit Mahomes is thirty nine million this year, which is very team friendly. When he signed it, that looked like a big number, but the cap has gone up twice since he signed it. Yeah, yeah, team friendly, man. I don't know if Herbert's going to be or Joe Burrow's going to be, and we say that in the moment. And why did it? Why was it easier for these other quarterbacks to get paid, but Lamar Jackson? Man, he had to work really, really hard there. Yeah, Marv. He's the one with the MVP. You're right. Bloop, bloop. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. By the way, Here's a stat. Since May 26th, the Cincinnati Reds are 3-9 against the Milwaukee Brewers. They're 32-9 against everybody else in Major League Baseball. Woo! Ow! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! This is the stat of the day! Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. John Morosi, MLB Network Insider. He'll be across MLB Network's programming, including extensive trade deadline coverage next Tuesday. That's August 1st. And uh, you got the Mariners Twins coming up this afternoon. First pitch scheduled for 110 Eastern. John, kind enough to join us. What's the latest on Shohei Otani, John? Dan, good morning. Uh, for Shohei Otani and the Angels right now, they're actually playing pretty good baseball. They've won seven out of nine, and now they have their playoff odds moving up towards 16%. Uh, so what I'm being told by sources, Dan, they're going to wait until this series wraps up in Detroit and then their weekend series in Toronto. So we're still probably waiting until Sunday to know if they're truly buying or selling. Wait, so it's that tenuous? It's that tenuous. It's that tenuous. Potentially the most significant trade in North American pro sports since Gretzky is riding on the next five games <laughs> for the Los Angeles Angels. And one of those series will be in Canada, in Toronto, right, uh, right up the block from Wayne Gretzky's restaurant, if it's still there. Exactly. Not too far from Brampton, Ontario, where uh, number 99 is from. But no, it's it's a great wow. point, Dan, and it's, it's one of the more amazing stories in sports, not just what happens with Shohei in the coming days, but also where he ends up playing as of opening day next year. And and it really is a global story that, at least from my perspective, we can't talk about enough. I thought it was wishful reporting. Like, we, we like chaos. We like change. We like when stars move around. I grew up in an era, I'm sure you did too, where your stars usually stayed with the same team. I get the, you know, capitalism, free market, all of that Let's look at this logically. If you were going to trade for Shohei Otani, first of all, the Angels are going to get prospects, I'm guessing. So then you got Mike Trout and you're going to be in a rebuild, which to me doesn't make sense. If I'm going to trade for him, he's got to sign with me. But then if I'm going to trade for him, they're willing to trade him. Why not wait until the end of the season when he's a free agent? I don't give up my farm system. I know I have to pay $600 million. I just don't understand the logic. Help me understand the logic of this with a team that would trade for Otani. We'll start there, sure. and then we'll go to the Angels. Sure, Dan. It's a great question. And I think at the outset, I'll, I'll make clear that there's a pretty big gap between the Angels being willing to move him and a trade actually happening. Okay. Because to your point, for the Angels to move a player of this caliber, especially when they're playing better, you're going to have to buy them out of the chance to contend with Shohei for the balance of this season and, very importantly, Dan, to potentially see him hit home run number 60 in your uniform. Let's reflect on that photo for a moment and how many places that photograph will hang for a long time, home run number 60 or beyond, for Shohei Otani and the value to your brand 
in doing that. So I think the reason why you bring him in now is because he does have a manifestly massive impact on your brand, on your team. He may well be the MVP. So it's certainly the type of rental player and impact. You go back and think about the 08 Dodgers and how Manny Ramirez changed that team. It's that kind of of an impact at the middle part of the season. But Dan, to your point, for you to make this trade, you have to be quite sure that you're already going to the playoffs and you'll have him potentially make you a World Series team and also that you would have two or three of the top 100 prospects in the sport to make it worth the Angels' while. That is a really narrow road to turn and and navigate and one of the reasons why I still think the odds are likely that Otani stays in Anaheim through the rest of this season. Yeah, I, I, I like the possibility of chaos here, but I understand the logic of just the business side of this. I can't trade for him if I don't know if he's going to resign. And if he wants to go to market, which it sounds like his agent wants him to go, you know, saying he's earned the right to be a free agent, I'll just wait. If I'm the Dodgers, I don't have to give up my farm system. Or if Tampa Bay wants to get in, uh, Baltimore, I think you've talked about, maybe the Diamondbacks. Is it going to be an American League team? If Otani would be traded, would it be an American League team he would go to? You know, Dan, it's a great question. I don't think it's necessarily the case. I think that broadly speaking, we could see an NL team get him. Uh, And you mentioned a few teams that are really intriguing, uh, like the Rays, like the Orioles, like the D-backs. Those three teams in particular are better than expected this year, and he could make a massive impact on them for a couple months. And if he helps them win a World Series, if he helps – Uh, If he gets himself to 60 home runs in that uniform, we have to take a bit of a step back and say Shohei is a global icon in the way of let's borrow from a different sport right now. Think about what Lionel Messi is doing right now for soccer in South Florida and in our country, broadly speaking. The kit that he's wearing in Miami is instantly with a couple weeks worth of games becoming one of the fastest selling bits of sports memorabilia in the world. Now, Shohei and Messi are different in some ways, but the global sports comparison, I think, is appropriate here to where if you're the Rays, the Diamondbacks, um, the Orioles, the chances of him signing with you next year are quite remote because I do think the Dodgers have a pretty good home field advantage there. So this is your shot Hmm. to have your Messi moment (laughs) is right now. And, And there certainly is a reasonable price to be paid to have that chance. Baseball got rid of the second trade deadline. Right? Remember when a player, if he cleared waivers, then you could still trade for them after the first? Why, why did they get rid of that second trade deadline? And Dan, it's really interesting. And, of course, Justin Verlander helped the Astros win the World Series six years ago with a August 31st trade. There used to be the waiver trade deadline that effectively existed at the end of August. Baseball wanted to eliminate the the uncertainty and often the confusion that came when we would report on trade waivers in August, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of opaqueness about what that meant for a particular player. So as a result, it's more of a unified idea. It's July 31st, or in this case, August 1st. But Dan, there are a lot of people in the industry who would like to see this trade deadline be a little bit later because what what you have now is the one unified trade deadline, and now because of the expanded playoffs, more teams that are on the bubble and not really sure about their direction. The Angels and Otani, that's one case, but the Cubs are in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. A number of other teams are as well, uh, and I think it's it's certainly a big topic for a lot of GMs around the sport to maybe have a little bit of a later trade deadline in the future. Talking to John Morosi, baseball insider for MLB Network. The Aaron Judge injury, first it was seemed like, oh, he just stubbed his toe. And then all of a sudden, he did more than stub his toe, and then we're still waiting for him to come back, and maybe he comes back as early as this weekend. But uh, how did we get to this point with Aaron Judge's injury that it took him this long to realize that he had a fracture there? Right, Dan. It's a really difficult situation for Aaron and for the Yankees overall. And, And to your point, it's been almost two months since he's played a game for the Yankees. And in that time, the American League East race has changed significantly. The Yankees have fallen back. They've fallen all the way to the bottom of the division. Uh, and, and now what we're not so sure about 
is to what extent he is going to be impacted by this for the balance of the season, uh, how it'll be handled in the offseason. What we know is that time is very short, and maybe there was initially some swelling in that area that made it difficult to fully discern what was going on, but clearly for someone who prides himself on being in the lineup as often as Aaron is, he's such a professional player, Dan, on and off the field, and, and I know this is just aching him to miss this amount of time and to see the impact on his full team without him. I think it's had a huge impact on Anthony Rizzo, had a huge impact on DJ LeMahieu. They're simply not the same team without him. And if anything, Dan, it's really underscored why he was um, (laughs) the right choice as the MVP last year and why he was worth uh, all the money they spent on him during the offseason as well. Also, I think this is right. Mark McGuire may have gone through this, but if Otani would get traded to the National League, then that he wouldn't win the MVP. Uh, they wouldn't combine his stat. Like, there's no way he could be the MVP because he would then be traded to the National League so his stats would only be attributed to the second half of the season or in August on in, in the NL. Is that correct? Right, Dan. So, so those two awards are voted on separately by the baseball writers in each individual league. Uh, but one thing we've known, Dan, and I'll say this, Otani would be eligible for the award in each league. It it would be up to each individual voter, and I've been one in the past, to decide if he had done enough in either four months or alternatively two months. Well, let me ask you that, though, John. Let's say he's traded next Tuesday. Who would be your MVP in the American League at the end of the season? Let's put it this way. I would still consider him because let's think about this. It's it's four months of elite performance in two disciplines, Dan. So (laughs) I, I would have to say this. Right now, the MVP in the American League is Otani and will be Otani until someone proves otherwise. And and could Adley Rutschman, if he catapults the Orioles to a, a, a division championship as the catcher and, and the anchor of the lineup, yeah. there's a compelling case there. If Bo Bichette gets the Jays to the playoffs playing a great shortstop, although he's, he's scuffled a bit offensively in recent days, there is not an obvious second choice it's not like last year where it was judge or otani and you were happy either way or even the year before when it was vladdy or otani that was an obvious one too there is not a clear heir apparent dan and if there's one thing we know for sure with otani all the rules that we used to think were sacrosanct no longer apply thank you john that's the first time i think sacrosanct has been used on the show paulie yeah that's confirmed all right thank you john uh <laughs> that's uh john morosi we appreciate it john baseball Thanks, network Dad. insider they got baseball coming up today mariners twins first pitch scheduled for uh 110 eastern i mean he made it sound pretty tenuous like these next two series detroit and toronto and let's say the angels only have a couple of wins i don't see him moved i don't I just I'm looking at the logic of this. It's too complex to do it. Just there are too many moving parts. I think we're interested in it, fascinated by him, and but but he would still be the MVP. He'd probably still win the MVP in the American League if he was traded. Mark McGuire. This happened when he went to the Cardinals, and I don't know what year that was, but he was probably going to be the American League MVP with the Oakland A's, and then he was traded to the Cardinals, I believe. If that sounds. I don't know, going through my uh, Rolodex, my baseball Rolodex. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I got that happening in uh, 1997. Okay. Uh, he was on Oakland for 105 games and St. Louis for 51 games. Yeah. Uh, a couple of phone calls. Uh, Neil in Washington. Hey, Neil, what's on your mind today? Hey, morning, DP. Morning. Uh, I just uh, wanted to point out that uh, I've been listening since the attic days, and if there ever was proof that uh, Messi has changed the landscape of American sports, it's uh, that you guys just spent an entire segment on soccer. <laughs> yeah. All right, Neil. You know, I evolve. You know, not set my ways. Chipping away. Yeah. Little by little. Seton's got four and a half years to chip away. Good luck with that. It's going to be a great four and a half years, Dan. I'm just saying. Copa America next year. World oh. Cup. Buddy, this is it. This is the best time. Yeah. If Ronaldo comes over here. Hey. Oh, let's go. When he's 40. Why not? He'll be coming over here. Well, when he was 36, he was uh, dominating Serie A, not MLS. So <laughs> that's the that's the shot between like Messi, like 
Oh. Messi's already in the retirement oh. league. Ronaldo was still playing meaningful wow. soccer. Well. Yeah. yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it, Messi fans. <laughs> but you're a Messi fan over Ronaldo. Me? Ooh. Uh, no, I would probably be a Ronaldo fan oh. over Messi. But I don't really, I don't know that I've ever really drawn that battle line. But Oh, I'm asking you to do oh, it Oh, you're right really now. putting me on the spot now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> it's content. It's just Anywhere. all in good fun. That's all it is. Yeah, two guys who love to win an argument, and we're just going back and forth, just, you know, volleying back and forth. That's all it is. Sacrosanct. Do you know what sacrosanct means, Todd? I just looked it up. I can share it. According oh, okay. to uh, Merriam-Webster and such. Did you know? It feels like a, an injury to a guy. It does sound like something sacrosanct <laughs> would hurt. I, what happened? Oh, my freaking sacrosanct. sacrosanct. Four to six weeks you're after that. A principal place a routine regarded as too important or valuable to be interfered with. The sanctity, I guess, it's part of that sacrosanct word. Oh, oh man, my sacrosanct. <laughs> Got to be careful with that sacrosanct. It takes a long time to heal. My plums. Uh, Jason in Dayton joins us. Hi, Jason. What's on your mind today? Dan, how you doing? Good, sir. Good, good. Uh, first time caller, height and weight is beefy. Uh, beefy. <laughs> um, I was only 14 at the time, but I remember Jack Armstrong for the 1990 Cincinnati Reds as a one-hit wonder. He started the All-Star game. And he was pretty rough after that and pretty rough the rest of his career. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, Mark the Bird Fidrich was a big deal. Big deal. He might have been on the cover of Time Magazine. If you guys can check that. And maybe it's just Sports Illustrated, but for some reason, Mark the Bird Fidrich was a phenomenon. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, he came on the scene for the Detroit Tigers in 76. Yeah. 19 and 9. Led the NL uh, AL in uh, ERA 2.34. Second to Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Like you said, he was on every magazine. He he appeared on Sesame Street. Yeah, well, his Big Bird was his nickname. Yeah, he played four more seasons and never won more than six games. Because he used to uh, kind of manicure the mound when he would pitch. He'd get down on his hands and knees and use his hands to like fill in the dirt when he was pitching. Uh, and he, he just, he was different. Different look, had big bushy hair, and they called him Big Bird. And that, he was a big deal. Like David Tyree might be as big a one-hit wonder as we've ever had. All right? That was one moment in his career. The last catch of his career. Does anybody remember what his previous catch was? Because <laughs> it feels like he had one catch. Yes, Marv. He caught, he caught a touchdown pass in that same Super Bowl. Okay. All right, bloop, bloop. Yeah, all right, thanks, Marvin. Yeah, right, buzz kill. Oh, sorry <laughs> no, about that. No, sorry. it would have been great if we go, I don't remember. Yeah, thanks right. for knowing things, yeah, Marvin. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't work around I'm really sorry. You stupid or something. <laughs> yeah, you smart or Are something? Are you smart or something? <laughs> did you finish second in your class like Todd did? 300 and second. <laughs> and who is more street smart? Definitely not me. No, it's, that's true. Yeah, but salutatorian, $3, and uh, the D-Train, uh, that'll get you. So you were salute. Would you rather be the valedictorian, salutatorian, or uh, 200th in your class? I was very proud to be salutatorian in junior high school and high school, and I was friends with the person that uh, was valedictorian, so it wasn't like they were my arch rivals that got three-tenths of a point higher on an economics test or something, so it was all good. <laughs> You're over it? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I had I had a whole lot of fun in high school and college, Todd. I missed out on yeah. Something. I had a whole lot of fun. You're hanging out with the girls. I'm memorizing. And, and look, the... it's just like I would say to McLovin: You went to an Ivy League school, and you're sitting here with us. All those extra credit book reports, and same room, atomic radii of boron, all those memorizations. Yeah, yeah. I don't even waste. know what that means. Atomic radii of boron. <laughs> it might as well have been in Greek. What are you even talking? That's yeah. not even real words, Todd. Yeah. Use real words. I mean, I'm meeting up and making out with chicks, and you're, you know. I'm balancing equations, basically. <laughs> Kubrick sulfate lab, nice. Pythagorean theorem always uh, intrigued me. Isosceles triangle, always in. I was fascinated with it, but I never really explored it. Be like, all right, I like that. All right, 
You tell me what it is, and I'll write it down on my paper. Yes, Marv. Todd definitely celebrated Pi Day. Like, oh, it's March 14th, everyone. <laughs> Pi equals. All right. Pi equals. Everybody come over to my house. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Why don't you ask Kathy Minerva out and join Cologne? And nah, I want to look at the periodic table some more. I'll put that up on my wall. Oh, you got nice periodic tables there, huh? there. That was my pickup line. How about we take a break here? We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I gave uh, Chase Daniel uh, a shout-out. I didn't mean to give him a shout-out, but uh, we were talking about Derrick Henry and running backs don't get paid, and I said, well, Derrick Henry's made the same amount as Chase Daniel, longtime backup quarterback, has. And then I guess uh, the clip made its way to Chase, and he said, you know, hey, thanks for the shout-out. I said, Fritzy, see if Chase will join us. I know that uh, he's in between teams, longtime NFL quarterback. Chase Daniel joining us from the quarterback capital of the world. That's Del Mar. Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Carson Palmer, anybody else who lives in Del Mar, Chase? I'm sure there's a little bit more here, but uh, you know, Steve Mariucci is down the down the block from us too. So it's a it's a nice place to be right now. It's 72 and sunny every single day, so I can't beat it. All right. Help me understand this. Uh, first of all, you're in between coach or jobs right now. So how does that work that you wait for a call or can you work out for a team? What's the process? Um, I, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm uh you know, just finished 14 years going on 15. And uh, to be completely honest with you right now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good right now. Just uh, hanging out with the kids, being a dad, not having to go to training camp, sleep in the dorms, have a 15 hour a day schedule. Um, But I think I'm past the part in my career where I got to work out for someone. 
uh, played really well last year in the preseason. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, just waiting for an opportunity. And if it doesn't come, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what else happens. But I'm just excited to, to continue uh, to talk NFL football and college football. And, you know, I did, did some broadcasting stuff last year, so that was, that was fun. But, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a wait-and-see game right now. There's got to be some injuries that happen, I'm sure. At what point in your career – do you embrace being a backup quarterback that you, you have to buy into that role and that can be difficult because, you know, when you got came out of Missouri, you probably thought I, you know, I want to be a, a starting quarterback. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that's, that's something I've wrestled with my entire career. Um, and I told myself um, from an early age uh, in this league, uh, especially when I was learning behind Drew uh, in New Orleans was that, Hey, listen, I'm going to play as long as, as I can, as long as they want me to like get me off the train because the train just keeps moving. Everyone gets off. But the one thing that I told myself was if I'm playing and I'm just okay being a backup, then I'm never going to play anymore. So I would say even last year, like you have that itch. It's just like, that's, that's maybe me. That's maybe how I was raised. That's maybe how I was brought up. But um, I think in this league to make it, you know, 14 years, which is a, a blessing, like, thank God for that. Um, it's You have to have that mentality of every single day you walk into the building, every single day you go out into the football field, practice field. Preseason games are huge. Uh, I mean, I, I treat the preseason games, even in year 14, like they're playoff games because that's how you get the film out. That's how you get the film out to all 31 other teams, and you're constantly competing. So I'm still at that phase right now. Like, I, I love to compete. I've never once really phoned it in like, hey – I'm just okay being a backup because the second you do that, guess what? The third string or the guy in college or there, there's always, um, you know, someone behind you that wants to take your job. And I've never really done that before. I've never looked behind me. I've always looked in front of me. I've always tried to push the starter um, for some playing time. And, and, you know, for me, it's sort of like, it's a weird situation, like not a lot of injuries, right? In 14 years, like that's sort of how backups get on the field. Not a lot of injuries yeah. have happened. I haven't really gotten a ton of chances, uh, and, and when I had them uh, in the middle of my career, I, I thought I played pretty well. What is your favorite memory? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, you're 14 years in the league. I mean, honestly, if I could go back and do it, I mean, this is the easy one to say. But in 09, I was a rookie. I was a third-string quarterback behind Drew uh, and um, Mark Brunell, uh, which is a blast from the past. Um, so – Winning a Super Bowl with those guys my rookie year, I mean, it, it's obviously the tops, but, like, I thought it was so easy. Like, I'm like, after we won, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, we started 13-0, and if you remember that year, and then lost three straight and then went on a tear in the playoffs. Garrett Hartley kicked us, um, you know, to the, to the, to the Super Bowl and, uh, against Minnesota. But I was just like, I remember that offseason. I was like, this is so easy. And then put in perspective, 14 years <laughs> later, I've been on – it's just – it's unbelievable because I've been on some of the worst playoff losses of all time. You look at even last year, right? It's the the highest comeback in the NFL history. We were on the Chargers. We lost that game. It was the most – you know, we, you look at the Minnesota Miracle. I was on the other sideline for that. I was with the Saints, okay? I mean, you go on and on. The Andrew Luck Kansas City Chiefs game. When he fumbled, we were up 35-7 to seven at halftime. 28-point comeback. They beat us. That's the fumble, him reaching over the game, if you guys remember. So it's been a tough road because you really just look back on those years and you realize, man, there's actually like a good bit of luck involved. And the ball has to bounce your way. You have to get certain calls um, from refs. So it's been... It's been quite a run. I mean, there's there's some really good stories stored up in this memory of mine. He's uh, Chase Daniel. He's a free agent quarterback. How many teams have you played for? Six, I think. I had two stints with the Saints, so we'll say six. Uh, do you have jerseys of all the teams? I do, yeah. Yeah, we have um, – we just built a house out here um, a couple years ago, and, uh, you know, we have a – we have a little bitty space that my wife said I could put some jerseys up. Obviously, like, this is my office. You don't see any jerseys in this office, right? But we have a game room, and I'm telling you, it's like, how are we going to fit, like, six jerseys in this small, like, but we made it work. Um, I have a ton of uh, jerseys uh, from other guys throughout the league in, in my garage. So that's what I was relegated to, my garage <laughs> as, as the man cave. You were with uh, the Chargers last year. Your reaction to Justin Herbert getting that contract yesterday? 
I mean, listen, it, it is, it, it's awesome because, uh, and I, I sent out a tweet yesterday, a video yesterday of just how proud I w- was of him because it's hard to understand, obviously, if you're not in, in the room, but everyone knows about the physical attributes, what he's done the first three years. That's been well talked about. But, you know, what's interesting to me is when I got there in 2021, he had just won, uh, you know, rookie of the year. After the 2020 season, everyone knows how that started with Tyrod Taylor's ribs getting punctured. Um, and so he got his opportunity. Man, did he ever roll with it? Probably one of the, if not the best rookie quarterback seasons, numbers wise, of all time. And so I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I get to work with the rookie of the year. This is awesome. And the first day I come in, he's just saying, hey, like, like I followed your career, like it from Missouri. Like, like, I know you were with Drew. Like, what did he do? I knew you were with Alex Smith. What did he do? What could I learn from other quarter? And I'm just like, that really hit me. That just tells you a little bit about who he is yeah. and what he does and how he, you know, portrays this game and how he takes the takes the game so seriously. And and um, just like a like a good old good old guy, like yes sir, no sir, super coachable. Um, uh, the physical tools. I mean, you see some throws in practice um, that is just like, I mean, there's just <laughs> not many people, if anyone, in the world that can make these throws. And, and so it was just, it was an honor and a privilege for those two years getting to back him up. We have a really tight relationship and, and, you know, he's still, he's still pretty young. And, uh, you know, he texts me in the office and, Hey, you know, what are you thinking about this? And so, you, you know, it, it's still a really good relationship there. But then you have Austin Eckler who can't get paid. $6.25 million is the biggest bargain in the national football league right here. 40 touchdowns. Over the last two years, not only that, but like what he means to the locker room, and he couldn't he couldn't get it. I mean, you know, I love the dude. It was so fun. I started cracking up laughing when you said the Derrick Henry stat. We made the same amount of money, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's cool, but like, man, like, what? Like, what is wrong with the running back position? And it's just it just goes to show you that NFL franchises. I mean, honestly, they just don't they don't value the position like they used to. I mean, you look at the Chiefs last year, they had a couple decent receivers, a seventh round running back, and they won the Super Bowl because they have a really good quarterback. And and the run game is ah, okay, you know. And you can find a good running back out there, like a really good running back for three to four million dollars and build your build yourself everywhere with with the left tackle salaries going up. You saw Solomon Thomas today. I mean, every everyone it's insane. And then you gotta pay the defensive. Ends. I mean, the Chargers have three or four guys over $30 million on cap hits this year. Um, so it's just teams just don't put it in the budget. And I just I just don't know if there's a way back from it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you can do to say, hey, listen, unless all 32 starters say I'm not showing up next year um, until we figure out a side agreement with the, with the NFLPA. Because I was on the NFLPA side, and we've talked about it at least. Like, how – and it's just like other than punter and long snapper, it comes in at running back as the least amount of growth and value since like two or three CBAs ago. It's insane. But, it's unbelievable. But Chase, if I what if I suggested this? We allowed running backs to come out after their sophomore year in college, or mm-hmm. you could sign your running backs got three year contracts when they came into the league. If you're a first round draft pick, it's a three year contract. What do you think? I mean the the shelf the shelf life still on running backs is one contract, and 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 you're going to get to a second, but it's very rarely you get to a second, and like impossible you get to a third. So that that shortens their career by instead of four year contracts, you have three or five year contract. You know, with first round running backs, but to me it just doesn't make. I just I don't think that helps because at the end of the day. Teams are going to value what they value. You are worth what a team is willing to pay. And that's that's your value at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, like if teams don't pony up, and if major name running backs, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, everyone in the Derrick Henry, if they don't come together, I know they had a Zoom, and that, that's great and all. That's not going to that's not going to make change. That's not going to make change. Um, it starts with the NFL and the FLPA, and, and the owners are laughing to the bank with this because they had really good value at a one- or two-year deal with not a lot of guarantee. Well, but look at Melvin Gordon. Because of what he was asking for, Austin Eckler was able to come in and take his job. And, yeah. I mean, 
This is it's it's like uh, you're eating your own. I mean that that's the biggest problem we've dealt with in the NFLPA in general is is with these rise in rookie contracts. Is okay, that's great. You're rising uh, in rookie contracts, but these middle level guys, these four or five six year guys that are just as good as these rookies, they're making a million and a half, a million two or whatever it is league minimum. These rookies are making you know six fifty seven hundred thousand dollars. That's that's almost another player. Yeah. If you cut a guy, ah, this rookie's just not quite as good, but you look at this five-year guy, he's too expensive. I mean, that's how running backs are, and that's what teams are saying. We just need a guy who can carry the ball 100 to 150 times, and by the way, we're going to split the carries up. Because every, you know, It's a pass-happy league unless you're the Ravens or the Eagles, right? And and those guys are are doing just fine with it. So it's, it's, it's an interesting – conundrum that that we're facing that the running back market is facing in general but i think for the good of the game you got to figure out something before i let you go i think there are four other quarterbacks in history who have more pass attempts in the preseason than you is that right paulie yeah we did a deep dive of uh to see chase daniel's an all-time preseason guy he's got 500 career attempts in the preseason okay okay quarterback rating of 92.5 okay all right, so hey, do you know? There you go. So if there's ever a, a Hall of Fame for preseason, five hundred more. Can we get chances, that started? We can try I, to I, do that. I mean, come on, guys. Okay, like, who's who's in, in front of you? Who are the four quarterbacks preseason pass attempts more than you? Brian Hoyer. Nope. What 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 year? That's crazy. More attempts than me. I mean, they got to play a lot of long time. Yeah, and they got to be a backup. They're all retired. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Who are they? All right. Give them polling. I got Billy Volek over 500. Luke McCown over 500 attempts. That's right. Luke. (laughs) I was with him in in New Orleans. Of course, he was there for four years. They didn't play through. They didn't play through. Ah. Who else, Paulie? Sage Rosenfels has 549 career attemps. Wow. Can anyone guess the the highest? Oh, no. Here's what I have. Going back 25 years, the most preseason attempts of any quarterback. Give me a hint. We have him on the show regularly, probably three Sean times. Sean Salisbury. Nope. That would have been awesome, though. <laughs> he he lives 20 minutes from our studio. Ryan Leaf. Chris Sims. Dan Orlovsky, 591 oh! career attempts. Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky played. I mean, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> so I just need 92 more attempts, and then I have the all-time record. Then we can start a, now, a Hall of Fame it, backup quarterback. Is that feeding the fire to call off retirement? Well, I know I said about retirement, but I mean, if we're starting a preseason Hall of Fame and I have a chance to be the number one pass attempts guy. I want to hear this conversation, Chase, with your wife. I want to know what that's. Honey, honey, come here. She has to take care of the three kids, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But I bet I can get 92 in three games. Just coach, let me play the whole game. <laughs> Call it 35 times every game. We got this. You don't need to play anyone else. You don't need to evaluate anyone else. Orlovsky's getting nervous, you know? Oh, my god, His legacy. Dan Orlovsky, huh? That's crazy. But see, he Good ran friend. out of the end zone. Like, he has a play that we at least remember, Chase. Yeah, I didn't do anything dumb like that. I mean, I, lo- I, I love the guy. I love the guy, but man, like that. And, and the amount of grief he still gets for I know. Like, we all make mistakes, but I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't do anything like that. Uh, good luck with uh, whatever's coming next, whether you're an analyst or uh, you get a job there, but uh, good to talk to you, Hank. Thank you for having a uh, good sense of humor. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. That's Chase Daniel, free agent quarterback, won a Super Bowl's first year with the Saints. He's fun. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. All right. Uh, how about <laughs> Orlovsky? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, 
Whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.